Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. All right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Greg McTavish joined us in the last half hour. We're going to get to Kelly Rudy here in a couple of minutes. Two of our regulars here on Inside Sports. Always good to have them on the show. The Edmonton Oil Kings in action tonight, just getting underway against the Calgary Hitmen. So we'll keep you updated on that one. Then the Oil Kings home game, 7 o'clock Friday, 4 o'clock on Saturday, as they're going to be taking on the Swift Current Broncos. The Oil Kings without... uh, what, five players who have gone to uh, World Junior Camps, Kosa, Neighbors, Gooley, Gunther, and Demick, some injured players as well. So we'll see how they uh, get through this stretch, taking on the Calgary Hitmen tonight. In the NHL, three games just getting underway, the Rangers and the Coyotes. Early in the second period, no score between Washington and Chicago. And coming up in about an hour, the Kraken, after winning last night in Seattle, will be visiting the Anaheim Ducks. Oilers and Blue Jackets tomorrow, Furnace Family, Oilers hockey here on 6.30. Chad, 5.30 is when the face-off show will start, and the game will start at 7. It is the end of the Oilers' six-game homestand that has not seen them record a win. And they also lost their most recent road game back on December 3rd against Seattle. The Oilers' next road game is in Seattle on Saturday, home to Anaheim on Monday, back-to-back next Wednesday and Thursday at the Kings at the Sharks. That is the Oilers' pre-Christmas schedule as they'll try to get uh, some wins coming in once again. After that hot start, things have uh, cooled off, so we'll see if they can uh, they can pick it up and turn it around a little bit. 780-496-0063 is how you get in touch on the hotline presented by CertainTeed, professional-grade building materials. We will go there now. He joins us every week here on the show, powered by Sentinel Storage. Shop Canadian store Canadian. Try four weeks free. Visit sentinelstorage.ca. Former NHL goaltender, now broadcaster, Kelly Rudy. Kelly, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing really well, Reed. And uh, how are you doing, my friend? I am doing uh, very well. It's great to have you on the show, of course, uh, with obviously uh, the team you are on the broadcast for in a in a uh, bit of an unwelcome hiatus here with the Flames now mm-hmm. on a COVID shutdown, COVID break, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh... It's uh, kind of like the worst case scenario. This is something that uh, everybody around the National Hockey League was hoping wouldn't happen where it was this extensive. So uh, I was told a number this afternoon uh, how many not only players, but uh, coaches, support staff, and family members uh uh, tested positive and it's staggering. Um, I won't tell you the number, but it just, let's just say it's, it, uh, really grabbed my attention. Yeah. Well, hopefully, uh, everybody's going to get through that. Okay. And we can get back to, uh, to playing some yeah. games here as yeah. for the Edmonton Oilers, uh, my, oh my, when we talked last week, they were in a losing streak. Uh, well, now we're talking this week, they're in an even longer losing streak. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's you know, and I said this to Rob last night after the game, I said, of, of all the problems I thought I might be discussing with the Edmonton Oilers this season, 
I never would have thought I, I would have said offense drying up would be one of them, but they've, they've scored nine goals in their last six games, Kelly, all of them losses. Yeah, this is all shocking. And uh, yeah, we chatted about it last week and I said that I wasn't really all that concerned. And I even chatted about it on Saturday on hockey night. And uh, now all of a sudden they've, they've lost uh, six in a row. And I was watching the game last night and you see a lot of bo bad body language. And that's always concerning because it, when it gets into your head and you start automatically thinking negative, uh, when anything, when whenever you get a bad bounce or a, a goal scored on you, and then this is now um, very concerning. Uh, it's going to be awfully difficult to dig their way out of this. Uh, but I still do have faith in that team because I, I think uh, the proof is has been around that they can be very, very successful. Yeah, just a couple things from last night. First of all, Drysaddle missing the open net. I mean, yeah. Right. <laughs> and look, I'm not saying, well, if he scores there, they win. I don't know what would yeah. have happened. All I know would have right. known is it would have been one nothing relatively early in the game and they would have got the monkey off their back of never scoring first. And of all guys, right, from that position, you know, uh, I'm on record many, many times saying I think Dreisaitl's the best uh, from that angle. <clears throat> and from even sharper angles, he scores. Uh, he's just so phenomenal and so accurate. Uh, that that was bewildering, to say the least. Yeah, so w when you look, because, you know, we talked about it a lot, is it, and obviously, you know, the Carolina game was Saturday, is it, because they have had shots in, in some of their, I mean, they had a lot of shots against Boston, a lot against Minnesota, a lot last yeah. night. Uh, is it shot quality? Is it no second chances? Um, mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just wondering because you can say, well, pucks on net, pucks on net. Well, some games they have had a lot of pucks on net, but it hasn't helped. Right. Well, I would say that I would still continue with that, uh, uh, game plan though. Pucks on net. You're, you're just over the course of time. You're not going to go wrong, right? You're just going to force the goalie to make, uh, saves, uh, control his rebounds. And the biggest thing is that you're going to get some lucky breaks along the way. You just will. That's just a fact. And uh, you look at Toronto, and they did have some great goaltending from Jack Campbell. Um, and that was a big part of it. But I think the, the number one takeaway for me, ultimately, if you continue down that path getting shots, you are going to be rewarded. The game hasn't changed in over 100 years. You, you get rewarded for putting a lot of pucks at the net, and that w will not change for the next hundred years again yeah what's the old saying the net hasn't moved right so right <laughs> you, you, just, know, you know where it's got to go right and and now right now you can also say you know they're not getting the breaks and and that is a fact every losing streak i was a part of it always seemed that uh, there was luck in every game but it was usually bad and and that always just does turn and and for no reason and you can't explain it but all of a sudden your bad luck turns into good luck but you have to uh, put in the work and you have to believe. Yeah. Kelly Rudy joining us tonight on Inside Sports. Um, when you when you look at the Oilers' depth players, and, you know, Colton Seager got a goal last night, but Fogel yep. hasn't scored. I think it's up to 20 games. I mean, I'm not saying that we were expecting Derek Ryan to come in and score 15, but, you know, he scored early and hasn't scored since. Uh, even Yamamoto, who plays in the top six, I, I mean, he, has, he doesn't have a shot on goal over the course right. of this over over the course of this losing streak i mean 
their secondary scores, so you don't expect it every game, but you need it. You need it sometimes. Like, is there? Are you losing faith here in what these players actually can produce, or do you think it might just be a dry spell for everybody all at the same time? Oh boy, that's a tough one. Uh, and it's also in a time when you kind of have to really preach having some patience because it's really easy now to be hypercritical of, uh, say, the secondary scoring, and you bring up a guy like Fogel that. Uh, I believe he's a good player, and I don't know what his ceiling is. I don't know if he's a, ever going to be a 25-goal scorer in a season. I don't know if he's just as valuable at 15. Um, and so you have to learn about that player. And so I think right now when you start, start to look at individuals during a six-game losing streak, it's really easy to pick out flaws as opposed to looking for qualities. And I, I think that's one of the things that uh, all of us get trapped by, right? We, you know, I'm the worst. I'm the guilty uh, one when I come to that conversation because oftentimes the more I see a team or a player, the less often I see qualities and I just see faults. And so that's what you really kind of have to guard against when you're in a six-game losing streak that you don't, uh, you don't, really pick apart each individual and say okay he's not what we expected and we we've got to make changes we've got to move on i just think that over the course of time you hope that the players get out of this and they can produce to the level that you expect them to yeah you know it was interesting a couple of others players uh nugent hopkins a nurse got asked today well you know do you need your gm to make a trade do you need that yeah. sort of sort of help and of course i mean they say it's internal like they're not going to say like Right. Oh yeah, the <laughs> roster right? sucks. We need ten new guys. Exactly, and but those—that's unfortunate. That's part of the when you're in a losing streak, you you get questions like that, and you've got to uh, make sure that you answer them um, with, I guess, honesty. But but also, you know, it's it's a really difficult place to be in when you're getting asked those questions when you're already starting to doubt yourself, and you've got to really stay true to the organization and to your teammates because the only thing that will get you out of this is if you stick together yeah okay i i know i have asked you this before but i think it's worth revisiting um certainly you were on teams where there were scoring slumps now you yep. as a goaltender that's not a type of slump you could ever really have right uh, but you might have seen forwards on your team who got into those slumps so could you do anything? I mean, I'm not suggesting in practice you would just let them score on you, but is there anything as a goalie you could say to those offensive guys who were struggling at the other end? Yes, I actually, that's a great question, Reed, because I would do this uh, on occasion. Now, I wouldn't do it if a guy's in the midst of a three or four game uh, scoring uh, drought, uh, but what I would do if, if it looked to me that his scoring woes were, you know, five games or north of five, and I saw bad body language, oftentimes in practice, I would say either before practice in the dressing room, I'd go sit by him and have a coffee, or I'd do it when we're skating around just at the beginning of practice, and I'd say, uh, I'll use an example, I'll say a name. So a guy like Luke Robitaille, right? Uh, just a terrific goal scorer, uh, phenomenal uh, at what he did, and yet there might have been a time I'd go up to Luke and say, hey, Luke, this practice, 
you are going to shoot to score every single shot. Now, maybe Luke is a bad example because he he usually did. But, you know, my point being, I would go tell the guy, like, I'm not going to be easy on you, but you are going to shoot as though you're trying to power the puck right through me, right? You don't need to pick the top corner, but every single time in this practice, if you get 30 shots on me, I want them to be as hard as you can possibly shoot the puck and and really bear down so that we help you get out of this, right? And so there are little things that a goalie will do to make sure that uh, that sort of focuses the guy to, yeah, he's right. You know, I, I'm not maybe shooting as hard as I need to in practice and I'm not putting in the 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 mental work that goes along with it too. Well, I love that. I love that story. And it's a reminder that even the players at the top of their sports always need little reminders and can always revisit things. And today the Oilers did, they, so they put the nets on the blue lines yeah. and they played three on three yeah. in, in the neutral zone. And I asked yeah. Glenn Gullison about it after. And I said, does that relate to anything? I said, I said, look, I know that's a drill you do from time to time, but it does, yeah. does it relate to anything. And he said, well, yes, yesterday we lost a board battle in a small yeah. area and it yeah. turned into an odd man rush and it turned into Toronto's second goal. So right. focusing on winning battles in tight areas of the ice and controlling that ice. And I thought, oh, yeah, that's pretty interesting. Oh yeah. Uh, and coaches are clever, right? They've, they've come up with all these little things. So little mind games that to uh, force players into uh, thinking and practice. I've always been a big proponent of that, that, uh, and I was fortunate again, I always go on with Al Arbor stories, but Al, made sure that if there were a mistake made um, in a game the night before that we worked on something in practice uh, the day after. And, and more importantly, he would even stop practice if the same mistake was made and, and we'd have to do it all over again to make sure that practice isn't just a waste of, well, back then practice was about 90 minutes, but you know, in today's game of practice is only half an hour. Let's make sure that we're getting something out of it. Your practices were routinely 90 minutes. Oh, I don't yeah. know if I've it, ever covered a 90-minute practice. I know, right? That's Except just for how... maybe training camp where they practice and do a scrimmage. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it wasn't until, I'm going to say, the early 90s when practices were getting to be ballpark about uh, 60 minutes. And then when we had Daryl Sutter in San Jose, much to my surprise, in fact, he had even shorter practice. It, it, we would have sometimes a game day skate that would be five to 10 minutes. Like he was all about, you put in the work really hard, but really short. And uh, and that is something that Daryl does really well. He doesn't drag practice on, but they are, they are quick. Interesting. Okay. Well, Kelly, we appreciate you hopping on tonight. Uh, we'll see if the Oilers can get out of the funk tomorrow against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, we'll yep. squeeze you in next week before Christmas, man. Hope things are well with your family. Thanks, bud. Take care. You too. That is Kelly Rudy, powered by Sentinel Storage. Shop Canadian Store Canadian. Try four weeks free. Visit sentinelstorage.ca. All right. Mac T, then Rudy. We still got Aaron Grimes ahead as well we also have a very special segment on a local boxing club still to come on inside sports
to have you tuning in tonight. Uh, one of the players we were talking about, Kyler Yamamoto, in a bit of a slump here as well, does not have a shot on goal in the course of the uh, over the course of the Oilers' six-game losing streak. Uh, Glenn Gullitson today, the Oilers' assistant coach, was asked if it's uh, if it's time to move Yamamoto down in the lineup. We watch Yamamoto's game closely. Basically, we cut his shifts. We cut everyone's shifts, and we we look at them. If you ask our top guys who they want to play with, that would be one of their guys. That I can tell you. And we can all sit here and proclaim we're uh, experts. Myself, I'm not, not. I don't think any of us are. There's an old saying in the league that the players know first who can play and who can't. And uh, if you look at our top guys, uh, they like what this guy brings. Now, he has no shots. What I like about Yamo's game, um, I, I didn't love Yamo's, Yamo's game yesterday, and, and we had that conversation this morning. What I do like about his game in general is he keeps plays alive for people, and uh, he extends plays, and he can win battles. And um, when he does that, that's why the top guys want to want to play with him. Now, where he needs to improve as any young player in the league, I mean, is his finishing ability, right? And he's talked about that, and he's worked on it, and, and it's, it's a continual work in progress, right? His, his ability to finish when you're playing with top players. So we're all working to, towards that end, but some of the stuff that he does goes unseen. And um, we, we, we've moved lines around. If you looked in the third period yesterday, we, we, we changed things around looking for a spark, and uh, I think Tip's done a real good job of finding those things. But to say that, um, for me yesterday, to say that the reason that line maybe didn't have offensive success was because of Yamo would be wrong. All right, so there's a little bit of perspective from Glenn Gullitson on Kyler Yamamoto. Now, the Oilers at practice today did not shuffle anything up. The lines were the same. The only difference was that Perlini and Benson were rotating left wing on the fourth line. Perlini called back up from the Bakersfield Condors. Uh, the D remained the same. Slater Cuckoo skating, but he is still injured. Mike Smith, really a full participant in practice, though he does remain on the injured list. Not sure if he's going to be back tomorrow, but Gullitson did say he is very, very close. 5.30 face-off show tomorrow, game at 7. Oilers will be hosting the Columbus Blue Jackets. All right, it's always a pleasure to have this guy on the show, Aaron Grimes, defensive back for your Edmonton Elks. And he's coming back for a couple of years. He signs a two-year extension with the green and gold. We'll see what he's up to, see if he watched the Grey Cup. I'm guessing that he did. Inside Sports on 6.30, Chet. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.